Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jimmy, the Associate Creative Director for Manuel here at AGM, and welcome to the Social Marketing Hour. Go ahead, hit subscribe if you haven't already. That way you can catch all the exclusive interviews and the best social marketing strategies out there. Today's podcast is an epic journey into email marketing, business automation, and your customer's journey. And today's guest is Dave Royce, an expert in business automation with a specialty in maintaining a person-to-person communication style while scaling your business. So Manuel and Dave touch on a ton of deep topics, but here are a few of the things that you're going to hear about. Best practices of email marketing, why you must have automation for successful growth, the four stages of sale, what it takes to build a long-term relationship, how to choose the right communication platform, and the future of business communication. Now, this episode's a little bit longer than most, but it's well worth listening to the whole thing. Check it out. I have a, a pretty intense background. I'm an accidental marketer. I, uh, I decided to learn marketing out of a necessity to survive, uh, not out of a necessity to change the world. I needed to feed my family, and we were all starving and broke. And I literally went through the subprime mortgage market, lost my house, uh, lost my job, lost everything, and had to restart and without a career, marketing degree, without education, without anything that would make me valuable in the world because the world would not uh, agree that I was valuable because I didn't go through the system. Uh, so without any of that stuff going on, um, I jumped into the world of uh, marketing first because uh, I had a... Um, um, I had a, a nine-to-five job, and one of the people in, the, in that job, um, he was um, what they call a roadsider. He used to sell bed sheets on the roads, uh, and uh, he would put tents and put a, uh, a table and sell uh, bed sheets for $20 uh, and make $9. Uh, these ones were uh, a brand called Clara Clark. And, um, as I was diving into the world of marketing, because I just, I, I, I think my, my wife had an entrepreneurial uh, DNA. I didn't. Uh, I was hoping that she would help me make a lot, a lot of money and make my life easier. Um, and um, uh, she, she, uh, she was trying. You know, we, we got together and we started building Natural Slim. I did not help at all with that for the first few years. Uh, maybe I helped ship a couple packages uh, but in 2008, we formed Natural Slim uh, between my dad, my wife, and I. Uh, she ran it for years on her own. Uh, I just was there overseeing that. I don't know. Maybe I guess I was a, more of a babysitter of my kids uh, during those years, um, just having my 9 to 5. I used to play a lot of Temple Run and uh, Angry Birds, and that was a lot of fun for me. Uh, it's crazy because I, I did a 360, I mean, or 180, let's say. Um, so uh, it, it just happened, man. Once, once that thing caught fire, which is what I tell everybody, once, once, once it catches fire, man, you, you can't turn it off. Like right now, I can't turn it off. It, it's, it's over. It's over. This is until the day I drop this body, I'm going to be looking for ways to capture attention and build businesses. I'm obsessed by it. I think about it day in, day out, Monday through Sunday. In vacations are not really vacations. They're relocation of work, uh, you know, all those things for me, like it's, it's like right now is like burning inside nonstop, you know? So, so that's now, that's, that's how I operate right now. But 
and I made enough money right now that um, I have uh, what you can say passive income uh, because uh, you know I have the natural slim business built and I have AGM that basically it's, a, it's its own must a monster running on its own and growing on its own uh, right now so I don't have to work as hard it doesn't matter I still am very dedicated to my work and very passionate about my work and I want to keep on doing it because it drives me it just it's a game it's motivating now in 2013 I was starving I was broke and I had nothing and I needed to feed my family and I felt irresponsible because I was not able to provide in 2020 I'm playing a game and I'm enjoying it every step of the game and it's different because now I have abundance and we're, it's, it just becomes a different thing along the way. Alright guys, so we are live on Facebook now and YouTube. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day on this Thursday morning for the Social Marketing Hour episode number 12. We've had a lot of speakers, a lot of great guys show up on the show so far from Dr. Eckberg to Ben Cummings to the list is like quite awesome by now and I, I the, the way that I operate myself like with my uh, if you guys have followed me for a while you know that um, I haven't really been be, been one to bring guests into my shows I've had a podcast for for many years now and that podcast has been a one-man show it always has been uh, just basically me um, throughout a few years and um, and I have been helping a lot of people and that podcast gets a lot of downloads and uh, you guys might be listening to this podcast right now even though we're on a Facebook and YouTube live uh, as of this, this time but I have a policy and my guys know this uh, my team that schedules these uh, this interviews that I have right now going on with the social marketing hour uh, I'm bringing people that are important to me and that I believe in I only bring people that are people that I believe in strongly. I get people all, all over the place requesting to be a part of the show. Uh, hey, I've got this great podcast guest. If I don't know you, you're not coming into my show. So whenever I bring somebody on board, I'm not saying that these guys are not awesome. There's a lot of people out there awesome that I don't know who they are. I don't know them. I just don't bring them into my show. The way that I operate, instead of looking for guests, instead of looking for people that I don't have any connection with is that I bring people into the social marketing hour that I have a connection with somehow. If, um, if this person has helped me in some way, if this person has accomplished great success with what I teach and I've been teaching for years now, uh, no matter who they are, they come into the show. I, I have had incredible students here talk about their stories. Uh, a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Jay Kami from Our Friendly Forest and he talked about his content, uh, his product creating process which he hasn't talked about before and it was so valuable uh, and you have people like Dr. Berg who's this unicorn right that uh, we have come to learn, uh, uh, know about over the years which is quite unique and he talked about his process for creating content and that was incredible because there was things that he talked about in this interview with me a few weeks ago, I think uh, two months ago now that he hasn't talked about before. For example, you would imagine Dr. Berg is very confident on stage, right? Uh, he is now. He makes 14 videos a, 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 a week. 14 new videos for YouTube every single week. He's a content machine, like nothing I've ever seen before. Well, he hasn't always been like that. Dr. Berg had to do fear of public speaking seminars and trainings. He was shy. He wasn't very comfortable with his own voice and with himself and that's something that he wanted to let everybody know because it is a process and also one, one thing that was a big takeaway for everybody uh, that Dr. Berg said on this interview was like hey 
don't quit your, oh, we're not live on Facebook? Um, he said, don't quit your nine to five job. Don't quit your nine to five because uh, um, it, takes, it takes a while. It's a process, right? It is a process. Today's guest is somebody that has uh, been helping us for a while and on a very unique and special skill that I believe right now is extremely important, actually more important than ever. And we're going to talk about that subject because it has to do with email marketing and what you do with your existing list. And uh, that's something that um, uh, you guys know that I push a lot, which is the process of building a list. But what I don't talk enough about is the process of nurturing a list and how do you humanize the entire process with these people that are on your central files, your identities. Uh, you guys have heard this marketing adage that has been around for ages, which is the money's in the list. I believe in that. I believe in that strongly. If you have a list, you control your own destiny. If uh, you're only dependent on a platform like Amazon or you're not working on accumulating phone numbers, names, emails, identities, your business will always be a liability. So because of that, uh, you guys have strategies to grow your list. Now, what happens when you grow it? How do you nurture that? That's what we're going to work on. We're going to talk about today with Dave Royce, that he's somebody that helps me personally with my email marketing. And I've known him since 2018, in which we connected because he was helping me with marketing, email marketing for Dr. Berg and for myself and other things along the way. So without further ado, let's bring Dave into the screen now and um, let's start having a great conversation on the subject. Dave, can you hear me well and see me well? Hey, I can hear you just well and I great. can see you. So we should be live now. Okay, fantastic. We are good to go. All right. Facebook was not being friendly to us today. We're live oh, on no. YouTube and then a lot of people are going to be listening to this on podcasts. Perfect. Let's let's do this. Let's okay, talk Dave, about so, this stuff. So I know you're not like um, you know doing content every day, and I'm trying to get you to start doing uh, more content because it's so valuable <laughs> what you talk about, right? Uh, but tell me, tell me, tell us a little bit about you were telling me about your story uh, before we got on the call, before we went live. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you started in this world of email marketing and this world of marketing in general, so people can understand where you came, where you came from. Yeah, so I'm what I would consider a closet entrepreneur and that I was doing the nine to five for a long time, for you know, first 20 years of your life, you do the nine to five, because you get a job and you work through your job and you try to find your pace within your life. What are your skills? What are you good at? Um, I attended college, didn't finish the college. I wanted to go do other things. Um, started doing motorsports, fell into the technical side, was designing automotive stuff. Then I went ahead and started racing cars, was good at that realized how much money it took to race cars and, you know, didn't really have the kind of money that it took to race cars. So I was employed to do some of that stuff, but there was something still missing in all of that. And that was, I wasn't helping enough people. Racing cars is a very solo effort. You're really helping yourself, right? You're, you've got a team and you've got all this stuff, but you're really focused on your own personal goals, which is great. But for me, there was something missing. There was missing this thing where I wasn't really helping the community. I wasn't really helping people. I wasn't helping business. And so when I had an opportunity to move out into my own deal and start putting on motorsports events, I really started to thrive and really enjoyed helping people. I was bringing more people in to enjoy their passion, their sport. I was helping volunteers come and join. I was helping people engage in what they were passionate about. And, and that I really found my pace. And in that process, in order to run a business these days, of course, this was a, a while back, you had to do online marketing. 
especially with event-based businesses. You don't really have a choice because you have to go out, reach people, and then get them to physically come to you. That is different than getting someone to open an email. <laughs> Persu you know, persuasive email copy to get in a program to get someone to physically show up at an event, that's a whole different animal as opposed to getting someone to join a webinar, right? That's a little different game. The commitment is huge to get somebody to take an entire weekend out and then just go to a place and enjoy. So you've got to really have your game on. And so what I learned was that the messaging was so important. And because you were talking to people that were passionate about something, you could humanize the conversation. It wasn't structured in here's the features and benefits every time you ran an email, right? It was having a conversation with a mass of people. And that's when I really started to feel like, wow, I really, really enjoy helping people and this platform is amazing because we can reach a lot of people that way. And I'm not one like yourself that's always on camera that really likes to be on camera and do that. So I'm a little bit camera shy. And so I don't necessarily put out the content. But what I do is I help folks like you build the background. I'm the guy in the background, the wizard behind the curtain kind of thing where it helps people, <laughs> helps people push them to the front so they can shine. That's where I really like doing uh, helping companies. So from all of that, I sold the motorsports business because it was a pretty narrow thing. I'm like, how can I help just entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs are an amazing breed. And that's why I said I was a closet entrepreneur. I had a nine to five job doing my own thing, working every day and actually enjoying it. But then there was still, there's always something missing sometimes. And so then I went ahead and, and doing my own thing here. Did I, are we still on here? Am I freezing up? You want to talk to me? No, no, we're good. The, we're good. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Froze up. All right. So um, then I, then I, after the selling that motorsports business, I kept the part that I loved, which was the marketing and the digital marketing and reaching people. And then I was reaching out to folks to actually help them grow their business the way that I had. I took a business that was, that actually had no assets and was able to sell it because of all the marketing and communication we had. We had a thriving customer base and was able to sell that. So that's, that's kind of how I got where I am now. And now- How long ago was being, that, Dave? How long ago was that? Where that I sold the, the sold that. Yeah, because you're, you're talking about online platforms. And, uh, and, and <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, I, I, I think about online platforms really, really beginning in somewhere around 1999, right? Like for real, 97. Yeah. So I, I don't want to go back that far, but way back in the mid 90s, you talk about closet entrepreneur. I was in conversation with Amazon in the mid 90s or late 90s to sell auto parts. And unfortunately, I had no money to meet their criteria. So wow. can you imagine where I'd be today if I was one of the early adopters to sell auto parts on Amazon? Wow. Would have been crazy. But those are missed opportunities. But you can't look back at those and go, wow, I wish I, wish I should. But what it does, it makes you look forward and go, don't miss the next opportunity. Right, right. So that's, that's true. So 2005, 2006, 7, and 8 in that area is when I really started to realize the power of the email marketing and, you know, before all the social platforms were really huge at that point. I mean, they were there, people were using them, but they're not, they weren't as um, um, pervasive as they are today, of course. Right. Which it's, it's uh, there's a lot of changes that have happened over the years. That's for sure. So, so Dave, uh, let me start off by, by asking you something. Cause uh, you know, people talk about uh, you've been on the email world for quite a while already. Yes. And, um, and obviously this was a, uh, such an important part, and, and, and still it is today. Um, I know Huge. that before I was a marketer, before I even cared to be a marketer or do a business, uh, I used to um, 
funny side story is that I, I, told, I talked about this on, um, on my, uh, um, my webinars or seminars before, but I used to dream about maybe one day getting an inheritance of something and make, <laughs> making my life easier. Uh, so it, obviously that was not going to happen, especially when I saw my dad being healthier than I was. I said, that's not going to happen. You know? So I better get to work, right? <laughs> So before I was an, um, a, a businessman myself, uh, which officially began somewhere around time 2009, 2010, for me, email marketing was a big deal. And I hear stories about 99% um, open rates on emails. <laughs> like, so in the year 2000, in the year 2002. Now, yeah. right now, you, you have some horror stories on the world of email. Uh, I, I know a lot of it really has to do with how you're your subject, which is how do you humanize these mm -hmm. campaigns? Because yeah. if you just go out there and you just promote and spam people left and right and just send out promotional material, your, your open rates just plummet. And uh, I, 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 they go down to, I've seen companies having an open rate as low as three to 4%. And, and, uh, and then, yes, there are the uh, industry averages, which are like 18%, 21%, 20%, et cetera. But still, it's not the 99% that it used to be. Uh, maybe Never will be started. again. <laughs> Never will be, right? So what is your thought on that, uh, on that idea? Is it, is it because email marketing is on its way down and on its way out? Or is it email marketing is on its way out for those that don't know how to use it? What's your thought on that side of things? Yeah, so as you, as you probably know, I go back a little bit to talk about the future. So what, you know, what happened back then when we used to have to dig into the technical side of email marketing to even send a, you know, a, a list to people was not easy to do. So only few people were doing it and, and it wasn't easy. And then came along you know, the constant contacts and the MailChimps, which started to democratize this process, just like other platforms, where it made it accessible to so many people to be able to go do this. And so what happened is once, once a whole lot of people start doing something, then you have a, a flood of bad information going out there. And so people thought, oh, this is inexpensive. This is easy to do. I'm just gonna send all the emails I can. And now, oh, well, I can reach these people. So now I'm gonna start spamming people, even though they didn't even ask for anything. Now I'm gonna go ahead and keep sending them anyway. It's like, you know, it, it's just the evolution of these things. And so moving forward, now you had to do something about that because everybody was getting went from 99% open rate because they were getting quality emails in the early days. And then they started getting all the ads and the spam. And so people stopped being confident that they were going to get anything of value. And, and so then also you had these spam filters that kicked in. And so all of these things started to evolve to where so much chatter is going on now that 80% of what you get probably is useless anyway. So that just takes you down to 20% open rate if you're sending emails out to people that's just spam, right? So you're already taking a big chunk of that. Now, those who are, if you've got an engaged list, if people who want to be part of your product, you should be over 50% on engagement. But that means you have to be sending something that they want. And you talk about this stuff, right? You talk about making sure that you're, you're providing value to customers. And in order to provide value, you have to speak to them properly. You can't just constantly try to sell them something, right? That's, that's not the way it works. It's, as you're, you're very pervasive on the, the social platforms, and you know that the moment you try to hard sell, people stop listening, right? Right, right. And so it's, and email is kind of the same way. Email is more of a conversation than a pitch fest. 
And so that's where you get into the nurture programs. When somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I'm interested in what you're saying. Why don't you send me something? We call them lead magnets and tripwires and all of those digital marketing stuff. But I don't like some of those terms. You know, the tripwire is these are technical and tactical terms. And then you've got the funnel, right, that people talk about, the sales funnel which is a great term, but you know what it does? It leaves out the person, it leaves out the human, it leaves out who you're speaking to. It makes it very mechanical in nature. And then I put oil in the top of my engine and it went down and it, you know, it dispersed like, you know, that, and that's, it's not very humanizing. So when you do, when you start looking at who your audience is, why they're engaged with you and start speaking to their needs instead of your own, then you realize, oh, I'm actually talking to a human. I'm not talking to a keyboard. I'm not talking to an email list. I'm talking to maybe it's a 10,000 people. Maybe it's 50,000 people. Maybe it's 100,000 people. But like right now, I'm talking to you. People are listening. And I can speak to each person individually. And that's what email should be doing. It should be an extension of a conversation that you're having somewhere else. And so that I like that journey, okay. that humanization, that's it's super important to reach people and get them to engage on, on the various platforms today. It's an extension of what um, you're, you're building that relationship, which uh, a couple of things of, uh, of what Dave said. Um, there's, uh, there's something, uh, one, one of the, I was telling you my story before we got, before we officially went live, Dave, right? So yep, yep. Uh, one of the, you know how it was like, uh, um, I was telling you about um, that there's a fire that was lighted and I, I just cannot turn it down, right? Turn it off right yep. now. It's, it's permanent. Well, you got it. There, was, there was a person that uh, helped me light that fire. The first book that I ever wrote, that I, I'm sorry, that I ever read uh, on the subject of marketing was from Gary Vee and uh, it was uh, Crush It. And that started mm -hmm. opening up uh, my ideas and got my mind going into opportunities and development of uh, platforms and businesses and things like that. There's something that Gary talks about uh, on his content quite a bit. Uh, I haven't, I've been too busy to uh, consume his content recently. That happens. But there's something that he says, uh, which proves what Dave just said on the subject of email. Uh, and he says the following, marketers ruin everything. Have you heard that before <laughs> that day? So, oh, yeah. So it, and it doesn't happen for email only. It happens for everything. And it oh, rinses okay. and repeats every single time throughout history. Uh, for example, um, television uh, was, uh, came in when radio was overcrowded and, uh, yep. and radio was expensive. So marketers ruined that. So they move on to television. Eventually, uh, marketers ruined that too because it was expensive and it was overcrowded and it became impossible to profit on a, on a te television campaign. And also people lost attention on that platform. So then we move on to the internet and Google Ads, and then Google Ads became expensive because, again, it, it's a process repeats itself every single time. Email was one of the most incredible things ever. Actually, if you go, if you go, back, in, if you go back in history, I don't think there's many things that overtake the power of what email presented to us businesses because mm -hmm. it was the ability to send out messages for free to these people as long as you had them on your list. How incredible was that? Instead of having to stamp a 30 cent uh, postcard uh, or do any of that stuff, which is very expensive, $10,000 bulk mail packages, $20,000, like 
I mean, I know because I used to see my dad doing this uh, when I was growing up, and he used to spend a lot of money on these bulk mail campaigns. Email made it affordable. Suddenly, marketing became affordable, right? So it was a big deal. Right. So eventually, like David's explaining, people got into it, and a lot of companies came in, and then it, it became spam. I, I like to uh, use the um, – I don't know if you've done this research yourself. Uh, I, I love studying the evolution of things. So I wonder, oh, yeah. Dave, why the heck – did we come up with the name spam? And I researched that. <laughs> Do you know that story, Dave? Do you know why? I don't know that story. Oh my God, it's so funny. Uh, if, you go to, if you go to Wikipedia, you'll see the, the, the information on that. Like, obviously, spam is a word that's connected with email, right? It's, yeah. it's not being used anywhere else. But the fact of the matter is that spam is a word that has been around for 100 years. And it's a mm -hmm. canned meat product. All right? right, which is synonymous with trash, uh, yep. low-quality, poisonous food that you put in your body that you don't wish on your worst enemies. That's spam, right? So the, the story comes uh, with like a, a TV show that uh, supposedly was, uh, they were uh, um, uh, uh, desperate for some food and they started asking for like they, they, it was some kind of funny scene that they they wanted to get the lowest quality meal on the restaurant and they started banging <laughs> the tables spam spam we want spam 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 and it, it became synonymous with unwanted communication on wanted food right so yep. so that email marketing and spam it's a, it's a big word so it, it became like oh email marketing there's a lot of spam going on right now but there's a lot of value in it that that same process uh, um dave you know that i'm a big fan of uh, for example messenger marketing and manage oh absolutely and, yeah Huge. right so the same thing is going to happen that's what I, I, I tell people like look the same thing is going to happen facebook is trying to slow it down uh, how are they trying to do so? I don't blame them, but it, at the beginning of the year, in 2020, they inserted a rule and they made it mandatory that uh, across every single messenger channel, and they said, you do not have the right to send a message to somebody if they have not engaged with you in the last That's 24 right. hours. Can't Period. Yeah, exactly. So now if they, yep. caught you, if they catch you doing that, you're going to get your channel shut down. You're, you're going to lose it. And I also have seen that on uh, platforms like Infusionsoft, Dave, that if you send too much on one communication, they will shut you down, correct? Well, shut you down is an is a interesting term. We can get into the technicalities of that. But yeah, I mean, there are limits and because there are laws now. We didn't get into in my last conversation there. I didn't get into the laws where it, it progressed into the, the government taking over and saying you need permission-based marketing. And I actually very much embrace permission-based marketing. And so that it kind of goes through all of the, the channels now. You need permission, you know, really to send. You can't buy a list anymore. These are these are known lists and people will you just can't buy a list and send millions of people an email. I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it, but it's just not something we condone. Right. So you don't recommend anybody do that anymore, right? Like they used to. Well, do. no, because the platforms that you use to send the emails, I mean, you, how are you going to scrub an email? There's seeded emails in those. There's, there's known lists. There's patterns. There's all these things that are built into these lists uh, because they just get, you know, cycled through. And the, the softwares are sophisticated. And why? Because it affects their business. And anytime you affect someone else's business negatively, they're going to take it seriously. And so platforms like Infusionsoft and, you know, other CRM platforms, 
they have to meet these ratings on their servers in order to keep this delivery going. And so it's a, it gets pretty technical in the background and we can go in a little bit of that after, but um, it, it's very important that, that people have good communications with their, with their customers and prospects. Right. So one, one thing that uh, I, I can tell you that happened to us, uh, we have um, the company Natural Swim. Um, mm -hmm. That company was created by my father uh, 20 years ago already. So somewhere, it was in Puerto Rico, and it was in the year, mm, I think, 1999 or so uh, that he created this company, uh, and it's a weight loss company. Uh, shortly after, he created a, what he calls a metabolism test. Uh, and it was one of the first online things that uh, it was incredible because you were able to go into a link and he used television ads and everything that he could to promote this particular metabolism test as a lead generation. So in 1999, he launched this and for a solid 15 years, we were accumulating leads, uh, maybe 17 years, uh, people from television, from newspapers, everybody was being sent to this particular link. They would do their metabolism tests and they would get a result. And now we had a lead and then we had the consultants call them uh, to try to get an appointment for them to come to the clinics. And that was a great system for us. I mean, we promoted and we got probably close to a million leads over the years um, and, um, on, on different countries uh, because this, right. this also uh, being positioned early enough in the internet world, uh, people would Google things on the subject of metabolism in Mexico and they would find this particular metabolism test. So it became a lead gen worldwide yep. for us. So along the years, uh, I think somewhere along the line where you were gonna help us, we started creating Infusionsoft accounts for some of these big accounts. Yes. And yep. we imported, um, we actually got an Infusionsoft account with, we, we gather all these leads, leads from 17 years, all of them. Mm -hmm. And we put them, we put them on Keep, uh, which is Infusionsoft still. Yeah, yeah. People, Move, converting into Keep, yes. Converting to Keep, all right? So, yeah. so we got all those leads and then uh, I had my guys like, look, I said, well, the money's in the list, isn't it? We got a million people on a list. So let's start communicating to them. And we started doing that and our open rates were absolutely terrible. And I'm talking about yep. four to 5%. Now, some of these people had given us their email address in 1999, 2002, right? right? These are at AOL emails, at Yahoo emails <laughs> that, you know, like some of these guys have never even Earth opened Link, up again. Earthlink, <laughs> et cetera. So we started emailing them and the truth of the, what happened to us, Dave, is that, you know, that I said the word shut down. Yep. We were kicked out of Infusionsoft. We were kicked out, all right? So I don't know if you've seen that before, but in our case, it became real. We got penalized, and even though we were paying them a huge amount of money because it was a big list, they say, we don't want you on our, we don't want you on our system. We don't want you, get out. And I said, wait a second, we're just giving value. It didn't matter. We were just emailing a lot of people that maybe had not even heard about us in 10 years, and right. we were expecting, it's almost like we bought a list. Even though it was our list, our identities, people that we generated along the yep. years, they weren't connected with us anymore. So, so it is, it's something that could happen if you don't have a list that is really into what your message is or they're not aware of it. So what are a few best practices that you can give, uh, Dave, in the subject of how do you communicate, when do you communicate, how often do you communicate on email, and, and um, how do we go about getting all this set up? Sure, great, great question. So let's start with what you know, you're really good at, which is lead generation and engaging people on chat, right? When 
when they engage with you on chat and then you ask for their name and their email so that you can deliver something of value to them, you're now engaged in the first step of the customer journey, right? You've, you have an interaction with them and now they're in your game. So now it's a really important time to understand that customer. Why did they connect with you? And then, you know, move them through into a nurture list to keep providing value. And I got to tell you, um, and while you provide so much value, what we like to call value in advance, you know, before ever asking for a sale, I mean, ultimately you are in a business, I'm in business. So eventually there, there should be a sale in there. There should be no expectation that you never ask for a sale. If there is, then, you know, that's, that's a whole different story. Uh, the pitch was wrong. Um, hmm. But as far as getting the email list, uh, so let me, I'm going to take a step a little sideways here and, and tell you what a, um, what, what's considered a cold email, okay? The industry standard is kind of 90 days, believe it or not. If you haven't engaged with your customer and they haven't opened your emails, you only have, it's 90 days. If it's gone, if they haven't communicated with you in 90 days, the turnover is so high right now and it's so fast. You don't have a person on your email list for years. You literally have 90 days before they're probably going to get stuck into the spam box. And That's great. Some other, let, let, me, yeah. let, me just, let me just make that point right there. That's an important, yeah. very practical point. What I did in the story that I just said a couple of minutes ago was terribly wrong. Terribly wrong, all right? And I, you didn't I had know this at the time. delusion. You didn't, there was no way to know. Yeah, I really had a delusion that I was going to get somebody that gave me their information seven years ago to be interested right. in the program today. And mm -hmm. I ended up paying the price for that. And I, I got penalized by the platform. So 90 yeah. days. So whatever your system is that you use, whether you use Constant Contact, Constant Contact MailChimp, Active Campaign, Efficient Soft, Clavio, whatever that may be, yep. 90 days is a great, great standard for you guys to keep. Uh, anything above 90 days, um, I know that Dave and I, we talked about that. You have to work on re-engaging them outside of email uh, through social media, which is something that you can do now in this environment. You can plug in your list of people that have not activate, uh, have not been active in the last 90 days with you and just bring them back into your channel. All right, didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to make sure that we stand oh, out no, on those no. important That's part things. Of it. It's exactly right. It's part of what you know. You have to do. You have to consider a retargeting campaign, and we can get into more about that just after after this. But you know, when you're talking about email deliverability, you have to play the game. And you talked about you know being in the game earlier in our conversation today. And and it and if you treat it like it's a game, because it does have rules. I mean, it has legal rules and it has ethical rules and it has kind of social rules around it. And so if you're just pumping information out there that nobody wants. Well, I don't know what your expectation would be, but it would be kind of difficult to expect people to engage. But if somebody comes in and then chooses one particular product of yours and they say, hey, I'm interested in this product. And then you switch that up and tar start talking about something completely irrelevant to what they engaged with. They're not likely to open your stuff. So it's super important when I say humanize and I use it because it's a it's a nice term to use because everybody wants to be spoken to like a human. Right. We don't want to I want to be I want to talk with you. I don't want someone to, you know, to talk at me. You know, I just want to have a nice conversation with people, even in email. And so when somebody raises their hand and said, hey, I'm interested in coaching level one, you know, we work with you. And so what we do is we talk about coaching level one. Right. Or we talk about email deliverability or we talk about that one subject. And then only after we're completely satisfied that we have great value to that one subject, do we move on to any other, any other subject? Because if we switch too soon, if we change up the conversation too fast and try to sell, 
all of a sudden we're like, hey, I, you know, I, I thought you were going to engage with me and all you want to do is sell me stuff. Well, I was interested in your knowledge and I don't mind paying for it, but you know, let me warm up because we know one thing that we have to build this triangle. It's called the know, like, and trust triangle, right? We know we have to close that in order to get a sale. So we have to spend this time nurturing. And we talked about earlier, think about it. There's so many people trying to do email automation today that you have to be better than the rest of your competition. And better means connecting with that customer, connecting with them with their what they're interested in, not what you want to sell them. The sale will come if you're good at what you do. It always right. does to the people. It always you, you comes. Want Rushing it is bad. You want to give them solutions to their problems they're trying to handle. You yeah, want to give I them mean, that value, right? Here's why I say humanizing, because I always come back to this. When you and I are having a person-to-person -person conversation and you come to me and you say, hey, Dave, um, how you doing? I'm in well. And I said, Oh, I'm Dave. Hey, I heard you do this stuff. And you're, yeah, I do this. And what are you interested in? And I said, Oh, well, you know, I'm having this trouble with my many chat. Oh, many chat. And then what are you going to talk to me about? Right? You're going to talk to me about many chat. You're not going to talk to me about YouTube ads or, you know, Facebook. You're going to talk to me about many chat, right? That's Correct. natural. That is so natural in a conversation. We, you, it's really important that you try to bring that to the email conversation or even social, any social conversation. Switching right. So, so listen, listen to this. Used car. Yeah. So this, this is a, this is a gold right here. This is an absolute golden nugget. If you think about, there's two words here that are not necessarily um, supposed to be used together and we're trying to use them together. And those two words are humanizing and automation. All right. Yeah. Exactly. How do you humanize something that is automated? It's a challenge and it's a marketing challenge. What I like to say on my content is that, and this is something that I mean, uh, and I'm always, always really pushing on this particular point. When you're trying to get customers, when you're trying to give people enough value to bring them into a customer journey, you got to realize that what you're trying to do is earn yourself a right to make them offers. If you do not have enough energy value that you're giving to them, you have not earned the right to make them offers. Um, that's just the way it is. I know it sounds a little cliche-ish uh, and everybody says, oh, you got to give value, you got to give value, but you got to understand that your business has a superpower. You have something that you can help people with. I'm here with Dave Royce today because he has a superpower. His ability, when I sit down with him and he talks about email marketing and he talks about creating this funnel and uh, he talks about driving people down a journey, I listen because he has the ability to teach and provide that value. Because of that, I keep on giving him business. When it comes to marketing, people give me a lot of money because I have a superpower to show them exactly how to capture attention so they can generate sales. Whatever your business is, you have an ability. If you have, for example, a beauty brand that you're selling cosmetics, well, you have the ability to show people how to look and feel beautiful. And that's an important ability. So you want to show people a roadmap for accomplishing exactly that. The only way that you can avoid going through that route that Dave and I describe of providing that value and building a conversation and humanizing your marketing and providing that education on a particular subject is if you have a very unique and revolutionary product that nobody else has. If your name is not Elon Musk, if your name is not Steve Jobs, if your name is not any of these guys and you don't have unique products that are very simply not existent anywhere but still have a demand, 
uh, then you want to you want to make sure that you stand out and that's about 99% of us uh, that's what we have we have products that have a lot of competition that have a lot of people that are doing similar things to us that are uh, out there in the world trying to see how they heck they stand out and the way that you stand out is by humanizing your marketing and on on email if you want to say if you want to make sure that you have something valuable uh, that people are actually opening up those emails and looking up to getting the next message and uh, seeing what you have to say now that's part of the process you have to give that value and I love what Dave said that if they came to learn about ManyChat this is something that I am guilty of myself Dave knows that he can probably tell a couple of horror <laughs> stories of, no, uh, no, of, of help of helping me with my email line right now but I, the thing is that I have so much content and I'm so passionate about it Dave that I want to give people everything uh, oh, you know, Manning Chat. And do you have an Amazon? Let me show you how to rank on Amazon. <laughs> oh, uh, Shopify, I got that for you too. Oh, you want to do leads? Yeah, we got leads too, right? All that stuff. So we have so much content and so much value. That, and I'm such a believer in all of it that I get desperate and I want to give it to everybody. But if you do that, you lose people along the way because first of all, it's too much for them to take in. And second of all, that's not what they came for. You're not solving the problem that they came to address and that's what you need to handle. That's why, you know, it's first. like, um, would, would you say, Dave, that this is something that requires that upfront for the automation, uh, automation process, setting up the campaigns, it requires a lot of energy and time to put into that. But once you set it all up, it's just maintaining and keeping it alive and adjusting and editing along the way. I can tell you, without automation, your worst nightmare is success. Without, let's analyze that statement. That's a big mm -hmm. one. Sure. Without, big one. without me, automation, yeah. without automation, your worst nightmare is success. Sure, Absolutely, right? Yeah. So here's an example of that. Uh, on um, on Natural Slim 2020, we have absolutely exploded. Uh, COVID nineteen um, was an absolute blessing for the company not for the world destructive for the world but for the company the company blew up in a big way we weren't set up in a lot of ways particularly shipping and you see for example a lot of companies that have struggled in the in those areas so what what dave is saying is that if you see massive success if you don't have automation in place it becomes an absolute nightmare that you cannot deliver on whatever your products and services are correct dave yeah, let me tell you just a, a little story on what happens when you try to do everything yourself without automation. Um, when I was having, when I was doing motorsports events and putting that on, and I was the solo guy doing everything. I mean, had volunteers that would come to the events. You know, they were event based, but the lead up and the the, the pre-event stuff and all of that was was handled just by me. All the emails, all the phone calls, all the text messages, all the things that were happening, I was doing them all because it was it was a young company and I needed to make sure that we bootstrapped it as much as possible to see success. The easiest thing in the world is just to spend money and go out of business. The hardest thing to do is to dig in and provide value to customers on the, with, without running yourself out of business. And so I ended up actually making myself sick making my wow. literally making myself sick. And, and I'll tell you why. And then you have passion for this. And I can see you doing this too. You've been, you've been through some stuff, but not, I have not been through stuff you have, but I grew the business and it was so successful that I literally was working 22 hours a day. And I know that sounds like, oh, everybody says they work that hard, but let me tell you, I went to the doctor and I said, I can't sleep. And he goes, why can't you sleep? I go, I don't know, but during the day I can't stay awake. And so we went through this and this is a little bit of sharing this stuff with the world is not easy to do, as you know. Um, 
But stuff gets hard. But when you're passionate about your customers, you tend to put yourself second. And so working this many hours was simply because somebody would email me at midnight the day before an event because they didn't take action. They didn't do something. And, and I'll clarify that in a minute. And then I felt like I had to respond to them before the event the next day. Right. And so what happened is I ended up working for two weeks on like four hours sleep every day, got myself sick and went to the doctor. He's like, okay, well, you're, you're going to be fine, but you just worked yourself. Um, he goes, I don't know how you did it, but you worked yourself through mono and you've been working hundred hours a week with this thing. And he goes, nobody does that. And I'm like, well, when you got 2000 people wanting to see you, I guess you better make it happen. And I realized at that point where this is not sustainable. I either need to hire people or I need to do something else. And that's when it triggered that I can communicate effectively with email, make sure everybody has the information. Now, of course, this is common today, but it wasn't then, but this is what launches people into their passion. And so I realized that this is the power of taking entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and duplicating themselves with automation and humanization of the communication without having to add staff, without having to blow up and have a big, you know, a big expensive company. You can do a lot by yourself with automation, but you can't just automate junk. You have to automate really good stuff. And I, coming from automotive and the manufacturing side, if you automate something bad, it's coming out bad every single time. If you automate good, you're automating good. <laughs> so you have to be careful of the automation, right? <laughs> right. And just to clarify, for any of you guys that don't understand what we're talking about here when we say automate, um, yes. we're talking about the process of bringing somebody into your uh, central files, your identities, and then having them receive communication about your business, whether that's a specific thing or something else that you're trying to accomplish or a general idea of your content, that's automation. It's putting things on automatic. So you set them up one time, and then you set them up on automatic. And um, that's, that's the process of it, right, Dave? Yeah, today's, today's term on that is, is, you know, we call it nurture campaigns, right? Where we put, somebody comes in and they're interested, and again, I'll use your, your reference as, a, as many chats. If somebody comes in for many chat, I'm going to really tell them everything about ManyChat, and that's automation. And now, can you imagine if you had to write each of those emails yourself every day to every new person that came in? Yeah, it's intense. It, yeah. It, well, it wouldn't be possible, right? You can't scale. It, it no, wouldn't I'll be possible. That word scale. Yeah. That word scale is used um, a little too often because, like I said, if you don't use automation and you end up with today you have five customers and then tomorrow you have 100 how are you going to actually satisfy what they're asking for? Unless you're selling widgets on Amazon, you know, where they take care of a lot of that. And, and, and trust me, when you don't do it yourself, that is automated. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Facebook Ninja podcast. If you want to learn more advanced ninja tactics to grow your business and master social media marketing, then sign up for the Manuel Suarez coaching program by heading over to our website, manuelsuarez.com forward slash coaching.